Good morning, everybody. Uh, today we will continue our study, and uh, we're going to be going through evangelism and the believer. Evangelism and the believer. Uh, but before, let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for this morning. Lord, 2,000 and some years ago, you made the biggest sacrifice. You, Lord, you died for us. But you were resurrected on the third day as written in Scripture, and you fulfilled Scripture so well. Lord, it is because you are alive today that we are also alive with you, spiritually alive, that we will for sure delight in you in eternity, that we will exalt your name and praise you. Today, Lord, honor this hour that we are here to study about you, especially in uh, evangelism. There's so much to, say, to be said. Uh, Lord, allow us, our hearts to listen, to be softened uh, to the gospel so that we ourselves could co-labor alongside of you and, and with many others to bring others to Christ, to the knowledge of truth, Lord, and salvation. Thank you, Lord. It is in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So today, evangelism. What an awesome topic. Uh, as we all know, it's a, it's a command. As uh, believers, we ought to evangelize. We ought to preach the gospel in different, different platforms. But we, are, ought, we ought to do it. So the main passage today is one of my, my all-time favorites. It is found in 1 Peter 3.15. It is dear and near to my heart because I consider myself an apologist. I, I love to do some apologetics. I, if there's anything that I would love to do, preaching is probably, or, or you know, preaching from the pulpit is down here, and apologetics is up here. I love to go out and actually um, preach the gospel. That's my passion. I love it. I love to confront people. I love to uh, preach the gospel to them, uh, bring Christ to them. And that's what I love. So this is very near and dear to me. And let, let us read it for a second. 1 Peter 3.15. And it reads, But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet, do it with gentleness and respect. What an awesome passage. Um, so let's dive in. Let's dive into evangelism. What is evangelism? And let's, the first point today is the call to evangelism. And Tony, if you could be so kind to read for me Mark 16, 15. Osborne, can you read for me Matthew 28, 19, and 20? And one of the dear sisters, can you read for me, if you don't mind, Luke 24, 46, and 47. We're going to discuss the call to evangelism. What, what are we called to, to do? Luke 24, verses 46 and 47. We're going to discuss a little bit about these passages. So, Tony, if you don't mind. Sure. Amen. So, I have a question. According to Mark 16, 15, what were the disciples to do? Going to the world and proclaim. It seems like a, like a you know, redundant, straightforward you know, question, but, but it's, it's good to ask. 
sometimes we just need to be reminded, right? Uh, we, we stay sometimes so comfortable in our own circle that we just don't want to go out to the world and, and, and proclaim the gospel. Osborne. So based on, the, uh, on that passage, what are three aspects of making disciples recorded in that passage? I'll give you the first one. Simple, make disciples. Go out there, make disciples. Second, correct, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I love that passage. Is you see the Trinity at work, right? Teaching them. Okay, we can't just tell them about Christ, but we also have to teach them about Christ. Teach them the gospel. Teach them to walk right. Sanctification, right? So, one of the sisters who, who was, and I'm learning the name, so I'm sorry, my apologies. It was Luke 24, 46, 47. So what did Jesus say should be proclaimed to all nations? Well, he said the suffering of Christ and his resurrection on the third day, and that's why we're here today. Repentance for forgiveness of sins, so important. I think that today we preach, and I'm not saying we all do that, but I hear a lot of the gospel, watered-down gospel being preached. A lot of the times we, we hear well, Jesus loves you, come. Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you. And I hear this term a lot, but guess what? I love me too. I love me too. And if Jesus loves me that much, then I, I want Jesus three times over. Can Jesus give me a, a, a nice house, best car? And I love that this passage teaches us that we ought to teach about his suffering, but also repentance. For the forgiveness of sins. I think that's so important. Absolutely. You know, there, there, there are some Christians out there that go as far as, far as to say, and I've heard this, and I'm, it's, it's alarming. Uh, yeah, they're, they're you know, Calvinists, uh, Reformed, theologians, and so, some would say, well, you all, all you need is believe, which is right, <clears throat> but they, they go as far as to say that re- in repentance is actually a work. So you only need to believe, you don't need to repent, because repent, repentance is a byproduct. When John the Baptist and Christ preach repentance, believing and repentance go hand in hand. Same thing. Repent. Absolutely. Repent. The thief of the cross, what did he do first? He repented of the sins. He tells what? The other thief. You and I, you and I deserve this penance. We deserve this punishment. He's repenting. He knows his own sin. And he turns to Christ and he, believing in him, says, would you remember me? You're the Savior. I'm acknowledging you. But repentance is very important. We cannot just leave it at believing. Jesus loves you. That's very plain. Because, yeah. Repent. And some theologians would say that repentance and believing are hand in hand, simultaneously. It's the same. It's just, you know, um, it's just different words, but it's the same thing. So that's why, yeah, believing, obviously, but there has to be. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, but we, we, we know that there's also part of a, a, not a, a, a true belief, so to speak. Uh, for us believers, there has to be. Yeah, that's true. 
No, there, there, there are folks that, that, that some, you know, they believe in Christ. You come across in Miami, you talk, you, I evangelize, you know, when I, when I do, and I ask about Christ, yeah, I'm a Christian, I believe in Christ, and I believe, and I believe, but <clears throat> in their life, you see there's something that, no change, no transformation, and that's the part of repentance, because repentance leads to change, true repentance at least. I find that it's easy to believe Christ as a Savior, but people don't like Christ as Lord. It's a difference. <clears throat> people love the eternal life, what Jesus brings to my life, but the Lordship of Christ is what people don't, don't like. That He's Lord of your, over all your life, all aspects of life. That's a true transformation when you, we actually accept Christ as Lord over your life. It is an ongoing process. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely right. <clears throat> uh, Christina, my love, can you read for me Acts twenty-two fifteen? <clears throat> and now we're going to see it from Paul himself. Talks a little bit about the, uh, the gospel and evangelizing. Yeah? yeah, that's it. So what was Paul saying to tell all people? First, what you have seen, you have witnessed yourself, and what you have heard, which is the gospel. Mm. So, the good news of evangelism, that's point number two, the gospel. And we got to get this right. So, when we preach the gospel, the true gospel, we have to have some, um, you know, points that we ought to speak clearly about the gospel. We need to have gospel clarity when we preach the gospel. Again, if we just stay there that Jesus loves us, that's all the people get. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. There's no transformation, right? If we don't speak on sin, repentance on sin, then we don't see true transformation. That's what we want, right? We want to have clarity. So there, are, there is a very important passage. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, I think almost everybody knows this passage. Uh, verses 3 and 4. Someone could read it for me. First Corinthians fifteen three and four. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, I think that's fine. I think that, that's okay. Three and four, right? Do you read three and four? Yep, that's it. So according to First Corinthians, what is the good news that Paul preached? Reading that passage, just that passage, can someone describe it for me? There's three things I want to hear. Christ died for our sins. He was buried and raised from the dead. Very important that we add that to the gospel when we're preaching the gospel. Very important. Important. It may seem simplistic, but it's important. Nana. What a treasure that is. It's like Paul said, if he didn't raise from the dead, pack up, go home, we got nothing to do here. Nothing. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you touched on that. Because we're going to go to Romans 1, 16. So that sometimes when we feel ashamed of the gospel, Paul reminds us why. Romans 1, 16, that, that, that infamous, famous passage, right? If someone may be so kind to read it for me. I'm a horrible read. I get teary-eyed because that is a great reminder. So, Osborne, to your point, yeah, 
the Ukrainian person, guy, did not want to hear about Christ, but that's what he needs. He needs God, the gospel. And take the opportunity. Yep, Louis. Absolutely. 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 Amen. Amen. And, 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 but, but it's a great reminder that it's the power to save. It's the power to save. It is not up to us whether that, like Lewis said, whether that person receives Christ, is transformed, becomes a believer. Just preach the gospel. Just preach it. You, you, you don't, yep, yeah, no. Foolishness, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. 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 And that's what the gospel did for us one day, by God's grace. But I fear you. I've been there. I've been there before. I think the, the, the more we do it also, it's like training. It's like everything. It's like working out a muscle. The more you do it, the more you feel comfortable because you're already saying the right things. You're, you're speaking the gospel. And God uses that. Preparation. God uses that. And, and prayer, right? So that's where you're there listening to the person. Listen, but kind of pray too. Lord, use me now. Use me now. I think that's so important. Submit yourself to, to, to God, to Christ. And ask him for help. He's the only one that could do it. The Holy Spirit is the only one that could change the heart. So surrender to him. Just be obedient. Preach the gospel and pray. Pray. Pray that he uses you. Amen. Amen. But uh, keep that in mind. It is the power of God unto salvation. That's it. Not our philosophies. Not our how smart we are. How uh, great we look. Or you know, none, none of that stuff matters at the end. It's the, it's the gospel. Okay. All right, so the essentials of evangelism. Uh, what must someone believe about Christ for salvation? This is, this is an awesome one. And we're going to start with John 1, 1. That famous passage where so many has be, have distorted, mis- mistranslated to, to uh, belittle our God, our Lord Christ. To say that he's a God and not God himself, God of God. Let us read that passage real quick. There's something that to be understood there. I think John did that on purpose. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Something to be acknowledged, to be understood about Christ that he is God. This is the most, probably the most disputed doctrine out there amongst heretical groups. You want to look at a, at, a, at a group that is preaching heresy? Most likely, they're preaching that Christ is someone else rather, other than God. Jehovah's Witness, Mormons, the list goes on and on. Muslims, goes on and on and on. Very important. Something to believe, someone must believe that Jesus is God for salvation. Absolutely. Can someone read for me John 14, 6? Yep. 6. Yeah, John. Yeah. Yeah, I see on the cake. So you're saying, you're saying 114? Can we read it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it describes who the Word is. So important. Yeah, absolutely. That's, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, 
glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's who Christ is. Can someone read for me John 14, 6? And this passage is very, very important. Yep. That's it. No one else. Preach Christ and Christ alone. You don't need nothing else. No one else. Only Christ. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. No one is saved except through Him. So when you're preaching out there the gospel, preach Christ. Nothing else. Let Christ transform people. He is that powerful. He is sufficient. And that's why we preach Christ. Amen? Can someone read for me Acts 4, 12? And this one goes right hand in hand with John 14. That's it. There's no other name under heaven in which we could find salvation. It's Christ. So when you're preaching Christ, the essential of evangelism is Christ. I don't care how good of an apologist you are, of how good you know your uh, sciences and how much you could prove that God exists, but if you don't preach Christ, Christ crucified, buried, and resurrected, you've done nothing. I've done it before. I've made the mistake of arguing with people because that's what it really becomes, an argument. If Christ is not in, this, in the message. It's an argument. Oh, that's all you're doing. You're boasting yourself. You're making you, yourself look smart. That's it. You're feeding your ego. That's all you're doing. Christ is not in your words. If Christ is not the essential uh, part of the message, and, and, and I have Freddie back there like nodding. <laughs> you look great today, by the way, man. I love that. Uh, look awesome. Someone had a Raise their hands. No, no. We're easily forgetful. Man. And it's some, sometimes that we need to bring us back to these passages, come back and look to ourselves and go, wow, we were there. Wow. I had to preach the gospel more. I had to make it in my, my life goal to preach the gospel. That's being commanded to me. It's, you know, and we forget that. Yep. Amen. Well said. Yeah, well said. All right, so I'm going to give you a few passages, and I'm gonna, we're going to get into the, the meat of it. So the following are key verses in sharing the gospel message. So let's go ahead and look up, and let's summarize these passages. Romans 3.23, someone look that one up. Romans 6.23, Romans 5.8, a lot of Romans. And then we'll have three more, but let's focus on that on those three first. And let's dive in into those passages. So Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, Romans 5.8, all very well-known passages. And let's get in there. This is when we share the gospel, make sure that we have this clear. Can someone read uh, Romans 3.23 for me? So important to, to, to let them know, right? When we're preaching the gospel, make sure, Leonard, you have fallen away from His glory. You need a Savior. This is why you need a Savior. They need to know why they need a Savior. Not just because Jesus loves you. Come because Jesus loves you. Again, I love me too. 
I love me too. I, I, I probably love me more than anybody else in this world. And if Jesus loves me as much as I love myself, man, <laughs> yes, I like that Christ. I let them know why, why they need Christ. Because we are all have sinned and fallen short of His glory. Romans 6.23. Now we have discussed why we need a Savior from what? Sin. This is what is not disclosed in many churches today. Sin. Pound on that. They need to know how severe it is to sin against an holy, almighty God. It's important. Romans 5.8, that's how he showed his love. And you know, I love when, you know, I, 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 people say, well, God loves the sinner. Is that biblical? I'll give you a passage. I, there's plenty, but I'll give you one. Psalms 5.5 5 says, The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evil doers. Hates them. Absolutely. It's incredible, right? But it's, but it's incredible that we, we, we go based on that. You know, we preach the gospel just based on that. Absolutely. That's how he loved the world. But we have to understand that he also hates the sinner. It's there. It's there. So all I'm saying is in the context of evangelizing and preaching, just don't lean in with that. God loves the sinner, but hates the sin. Be careful with that. That's all I'm saying. Be careful how we go about that. Part of the gospel is to be clear about the gospel. So you're a sinner, and guess what? The wrath of God is upon you. It's that simple. You need a Savior. And then that's why these Romans 5.8 is also, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. That's how he loved you. Come. That's how he loved you. That's important. That's it. And it's incredible how he loved us already, how? Before creation. He loved us who were predestined. So important. That's the beauty of our our God. He loved us way before this part of eternity. And I love that. And and obviously there's there's such a powerful message in that. that Some things we can't comprehend at all. But yet he hates the, the sinner, but he loved me while I was a sinner. We understand that. Yep. And, 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 and thank you for bringing that up. I, I preach the gospel to Jehovah's Witness, the Mormons, and, and I tell them, how do you know you're saved? Well, in God's good conscience, I, I think I'll, I'll be saved. I think I've, I've done enough, or you know, I'm working towards that. And I go, how much is how much? How much is... Do you have to, where is the bar where God is going to now accept me? How much can I do? And true Christianity is the only, you know, spiritual belief that is not up to us. It's the power of God. Christ did it all. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why we're doing this, right? So that it stirs up in us the wanting of, of wanting to evangelize and do it well. Someone had... Yeah, I just yeah. put a little point on it. Nana? 
We read that in Acts 22, 15. He says, well, you, you preach what? What you've seen and you, what you've heard. Absolutely. Absolutely. You and remember, there's circumstantial too. Sometimes you're preaching the gospel five minutes, quick. Sometimes you have the time where you know the person and the person is open. Sometimes we call them a red apple. They're, re they're ready, right? To take that bite or you to take that bite already because they're right. And, in, and God at least you put someone in your path where you have the time to preach and go over Romans and, and all these passages. But sometimes you just have, like you said, you're planting a seed, five minutes, that's all you got. Sometimes, no, no, absolutely. No. I think that's a great thing that we all have to wrestle with in Scripture. I think that's, that's awesome. Uh, I think that, to be honest with you, um, when you, we have to allow the Scriptures to interpret that quite entirely. We know that God has endured sin for the love of those that he has predestined. And that's very important. Christ at the cross... That cross, that death right there, has the power in itself to save the whole world. But we know that not everybody, it's not going to happen. We know that he has predestined those who he's loved. We know that. We know that. Those who have been predestined have been thought of way before. And those are the ones that he loved in that sense. He, yes, when he says, yeah, he's loved the world, and many theologians argue on that. They say, yeah, he loved the world. What, what, what world? Those who are believing. And, and, and those, are, those are the things that we have, to, we have to allow Scripture to interpret all that. We, we just jump to one passage and we go, well, God loves everybody because look, the cross and, and he's loved. Yes, absolutely. But he has also endured, he says, for the sake of those who have been predestined. He's endured sin. He who knew no sin. He who hates sin has had to endure that throughout eons or ages for you and me. Absolutely. 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 Yeah, absolutely. 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 But that's how we have to look at it because, because, because it's, then Psalms 5 is, is contradictory. And he says that, well, he says that he hates all evildoers. Well, does he or does he not? Absolutely, in light of, of course, absolutely, in light of what Christ already done for you. Predestination, absolutely. He sees us totally different. Positionally, we are different. Yeah, thank, thank God for him. Thank God for him. And so back to the evangelizing, all we have to do is evangelize. We don't know who God is calling to him. That's not up to me. I am thank. Yep. Absolutely not. Yeah, we have to be careful. Yeah, be 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 clear on the gospel. Be clear on the gospel. Yeah, First Timothy uh, two says that God desires all what all, all men to come to repentance. He desires it. Now, some folk would say, "Well, that is a mistranslation. It's uh, all sorts of people." No, no worries. Sorry. It's okay. And we, I guess that's a whole, that's a whole other, another Sunday for, absolutely. And, and, and I guess we could talk to uh, either Freddie or uh, Victor. Maybe we could do a, a Sunday study on that because that goes deep. It is deep. There are some deepness of God that we really have to get into. And, uh, and it's, but, you know, today's evangelism. <laughs>
Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That could potentially save everybody. Has the power to do so, but not every, we know that not everybody's going to come to him. That's it. We've been predestined, sealed from... Sealed. That's it. Absolutely. That's right. That's it. And you know, it's funny that Romans 9, he says that, you know, talking about um, that he loved us and he chose us, not because we did anything right or wrong, or that because he looked to the future and said, well, Daron, you know, Daron is kind of good. Not, not, you know, no, 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 we're all entirely evil, incapable within ourselves to come to the gospel, incapable. How he chose us, how he predestined us, man, is still a wonder to me. And all I had to do is come in and humble heart and say, thank you. Thank you, because, yeah, Victor. I mean, Tony. Real quick, we're going to go through the strategy of, of evangelism. Uh, witness by your, oh, sorry, you had a, yep. That's what the gospel has done for us. Amen. Uh, I don't think we have time. Um, so I guess when you witness, witness by your life, when we witness, you, you were alluding to that, sister, you know, with your life, blameless, blameless and innocent, shine light, you're right, that part of acting out your faith. Yeah. Matthew 5.16 says that uh, people notice by the good works you do, right, when you're at work, school, and they look at you different. That's how I came to Christ. Absolutely. Someone at work being very godly in many ways. And I was like, there's something different about that guy. Dude, what's, what's wrong with this guy? Like, you know, he, he talks different. He shies away from some conversations. What does he have that I don't have? And that's what, that's what you know, part of, me, part, part, part of it got inclined my heart to ask about the gospel, and then he preached the gospel to me. And it was very clear. And, you know, I understood why I needed to say here. Right? Very important. Um, be gracious. Be careful with your tongue. Right? Part of it of evangelizing, and if you're evangelizing, because all we do is evangelize how we live in our work. Be, be careful how you speak. Choose your words carefully. James 3. Uh, pray for those who need salvation. Make that continuous in your life. You want to see someone come to Christ? Pray. Pray that God gives you a soul in a sense. Right? Lord, I want to like, I want to partake. I want to see someone come to Christ. Why not? That's not a bad thing to ask for. I've done it in my life and I've seen the results. And that doesn't mean that it doesn't happen every time. But I saw it once. And I prayed for that person and that family. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And God gave me, you know, that, that, that. It was awesome. I was like, Lord, you answer prayers. Like, awesome. You know? That's amazing. Um, and be bold. Be bold. Know that you're preaching the gospel. Be bold. Right? Amen. Let's, go. Let's pray. There's so much, so much more to say. Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll ask Victor if he... Yep. Yeah, that, that, that last part. We could be apologetic all we want. We could preach the gospel all we want. We could be smart all we want. But in all reality, we've got to do it with gentleness, right? Cool. 
All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gospel. Thank you for the power that it brings, that it transforms lives, that it saves lives. Lord, without the gospel, there's no salvation. Lord, allow us to preach a clear gospel, a gospel that those who hear are able to understand, especially those who you have predestined. Lord, give us boldness when preaching the gospel. I know it could be terrifying at times. It could be awkward at times. Lord, but let us remind ourselves of what the gospel did for us and what it can do for others. Let's focus on that. Allow us to focus on what the impact the gospel has. People that are dead in their trespasses, dead spiritually, come to life because of the gospel, because of what you've done, Jesus. Ultimately, Lord, the gospel is centered in one person. Christ, you are the gospel. Without you, Lord, we are nothing. Thank you for the gift of salvation, undeserved. Thank you today, Lord, that we are able to celebrate your resurrection because without it, Lord, we have no hope. Thank you for the blessed hope that is in Christ and allow us to continue enjoying this Sunday of resurrection. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.